Let's talk about using color in your home and its impact, not just on your home, but on you. Let's go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Joining me today is Manaz Khan. She is an RID QC certified professional residential interior designer with a focus on creating positive psychological spaces. She uses the principles of color and design psychology to help homeowners not only make their homes beautiful, but stress free, fun, and happy. She helps you pick colors that will elevate the look and feel of your home using color and design psychology. So we are going to get into it with Manaz, and she is going to impart some great information to you about using color in your home. Here we go. Hi, Manaz. It's great to have you here today. Thanks for taking the time to be with me. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. I'm excited. I'm glad. Yeah, me too. We'll get into it, but yes, very much so, because you and I both talk about the psychology of color too, which I love. Tell the audience a little bit about you. Oh, I'm an interior designer with a focus on creating positive psychological spaces. So I'm passionate about color in the built environment and not just using it for making things look good, but how does it impact human beings at a psychological level? Yeah, which the psychology of home in general is always something I'm really passionate about. And as we know, color is one of the biggest things that plays into that. So you and I will chat about that. And in fact, that's where we're going to start. I think that's really your specialty. So let's talk about the psychology of color. Like what is that and what is its impact, you know, in your home environment? Okay. So I think it's important to understand the way the color is function or processed by the human mind and the body. So it's funny that color is not the property of an object. And I'm going to pick something in front of me. I have an object in front of me. It's pink. It's a it's a magenta pink, mm-hmm. but it's not the property of this object. It's how our brain sees it. Mm-hmm. So light is reflected into the human eye and the eye takes that message and sends it to the brain. And we see these different colors because if we go a little scientific, color is measured in wavelengths and all the colors have a different wavelength. So when the human brain processes these wavelengths, a biochemical reaction happens in the human mind and body. And that's where color is no more a visual thing. It becomes psychological, physiological, and it creates certain, you know, things happen in human mind and body, such as impacts body temperature, impacts your appetite, your mood, your attitude, your sexual desire, all of that stuff can be affected by the light that entered your brain. That's amazing. And would you say that the same colors evoke the same mood or response, or can it vary by person? Okay, that's my favorite question yeah. because it's going to come up. If somebody's going to say color is just subjective, it's not completely subjective. Mm-hmm. So think about it like food. Let's say, Jill, tell me your favorite dessert that if you didn't have to worry about calories, what would that be? You could eat every day. Oh, what are those called? They're like, it's like hot chocolate molten lava cake. You know, it's like that. Oh, yes. It's got like that hot chocolate center and that. Yeah. Love that. Right. Now, 
like you said, it's your favorite and you wish you could eat it every single day. That's the subjective part of it. Mm -hmm. But you know that it has properties, which is it's not good for your health, the sugar, the carbs and everything. Yeah. So you're going to avoid it. So colors are just the same way. They have properties. Mm -hmm. We like or dislike a color. That is the subjective part. But at the end of it, the properties are going to kick in. So think about vitamins. The human body requires vitamins. There's vitamin A, B, C, D, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All have properties. And then you figure out what your body needs. The color is the same way. Ah, Every color has a property because it's measured in wavelengths. It's science. Right. So that part is going to trigger the same reaction. Yes. Like we give examples for, so you want to pick color. There are some colors that are more soothing and restful. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So like you'd want to put that in a bedroom perhaps, but in a place where you want to be more productive, maybe it's your office. So let's talk about some of those color palettes that are, you know, restful versus productive. Absolutely. So if we look at the visible spectrum of light, that is the colors the human eye can see. There is more light that we cannot see. Mm -hmm. So there are lower wavelengths and there are longer wavelengths. So shorter wavelengths and longer wavelengths. So shorter wavelengths, which is like the shades of purple, blues, and greens are shorter wavelengths and they're more relaxing. And in that category, the lighter shades, like we said, light blue or low intensity is always relaxing. Okay. The other colors, which is yellow, orange, and red that we can see are always more stimulating. Those colors give off more energy, perhaps. More energy. Yeah. Yeah. More energy. And then that would be one thing. And the other thing would be the intensity, like the dark and the light colors. So that intensity also impacts energy in different ways. So a dark blue is going to be different, but a light blue is going to be different. Exactly. Right. So like your your primary bedroom, if it's dark blue, might not be as restful as a lighter blue. Would that be fair to say? 100%, like without any. So blue impacts the intellect, the way the kind of chemical reaction it triggers, it Mm -hmm. impacts the human intellect. And a dark blue is stimulating the mind, whereas a soft light blue is relaxing the mind. So you want to relax in your bedroom, softer blues are going to be definitely helpful use darker blues in your office, home office. Yeah. It's funny. We do a lot of studies and offices in, we do the whole thing in blue, including the built-ins and it's got such a rich, it has a lot of warmth, but there is an energy there for sure. Yeah. You know, you need that to be productive, to focus more, to be, you know, energetic. Yeah. It's so interesting when you think about it. And sometimes I think we take it for granted. And we don't really stop to say, I actually like this color and it's because it makes me feel whatever, right? You know, so it is interesting. It's so important in design, the thing that you just said, we have to stop to think. Just before following a trend or a picture you've seen in a magazine or Pinterest, please stop to think because there are things that can actually be bad. Yeah, and that's a great segue because I want to talk to you about like being intentional versus following trends. I think people do get very caught up in trends in general. And I think when it, my opinion, when it comes to your home, you got to be really careful. The investment is big. And I always look at my home, like when I do something, I don't want to get too tired of it too quickly. Having said that, there's ways to bring in bold and bright and other things in a smaller scale, less investment. But like we just said, it's about thinking about it, A, how it makes me feel, B, 
does this have longevity based on what I'm spending? So, but I'd love your take on it because people get so caught up in trends. And I try to tell people trends are just that they come and go. And I say to people, make your own trend. Like, what do you love? That's your trend. Like own it. I like that way of saying it, make your own trend. That's a nice way to put it. Right? Yeah. Anyway, let's let's talk about, because I know you talk about this too a lot. Like, let's be intentional. Let's not feel swept away. Yes. Yes. So it's very simple. It's just being intentional. Like, why do I want to buy this dark green, emerald green sofa or a pink sofa? Is it because it's trending? Because mm-hmm. I saw it somewhere and looked good. Mm-hmm. But then you are also scared, like, can I live with it for a long time? And this is like, so, how many times have I heard this? Like, so I'll just buy a white sofa because what if I don't, two years later, I want to change this pink sofa, which is an expensive purchase. Right. But if you're more intentional and just give five seconds of thinking why this pink sofa, what is the psychological impact of this color? What's it's going to do to my space? Yeah. Just those simple questions will tell you that should you buy it or not? And if you buy it, you can live with it for a longer time. Yeah. And that changes everything. And I always say too, so like if it is an emerald green sofa or it's a pink sofa, if you really love it, you will like it a long time. It's what you love. And it's funny. I have a client and she, she likes more colors like that. And she bought a new home and she had a space that was, I guess you'd call it kind of like a library den. And she decided that it was going to be like her space because she has a busy life with little kids. And it was going to be kind of like her girl's space so that when her friends came over, that's where she'd sit and have cocktails and like hang out. Or if she wants to just read a book or watch a movie after the kids go to bed, it's like her little space. And we used colors like kind of like the green on your wall for the paint. And then she wanted, you know, like a very blush pink, cool sofa. And we put a colored pattern on like a chair for a game table. And you look at that space and you think with those colors, it's not timeless, but it totally is. Like I look at that room and oh, yeah. you, you will always love walking into that room and she will Absolutely. always love it because it really speaks to her, right? Absolutely. I'm feeling it. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a very important point. Yeah. I want to bring this up. You said she's a mother with kids, obviously a mother has kids, yeah. but she's busy and she wants this one place for her. So somebody, and again, this is what media is teaching us. And this is so much embedded in our brains that we forget to question this thing. So somebody would think that because she is running after children, pick and drop and school and activities and so much other things, she's so exhausted and tired at the end of the day that she wants a very calming and relaxing space. That is not always the case. She needs to be stimulated in a positive and happy, vibrant way. And you go into so many houses, I go into so many houses, and what we see, understimulated spaces. Most of them are not relaxing. They're understimulated. So true. Some sort of stimulation is needed. There's the kind of stimulation for being productive or Mm -hmm. for working in a kitchen, but there's the happy stimulation, which you created for this client. Yes. I was about to say the room feels happy and yet it doesn't feel, even though those are color palettes, not everybody is open to or would use. There's something about it that feels soothing too. I can't explain it because the green is very similar to the green on your back wall, which for those listening and not watching, you know, she has a beautiful like earthy green on her back wall right now. And I used to have a guest room that color. And so I do find it it's energy happy, but it's also, it's serene too, you know? And I think, I think being intentional is really also about, I find a lot of clients just aren't confident to say, I really like this. 
or, yeah. and so I'm just going to do it. They just, they get so afraid. And I always say, if your gut is really responding, like you're really gravitating to something you see. The example I use is sometimes you could be in a store, let's say, and there could be just one thing that draws you where you're like, oh my God, I have to have that. Whether it's a piece of clothing, an object, you know how sometimes you just get drawn? If yeah. you feel that, yeah, then it's right for you. And it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. A lot of people definitely hold themselves purposely. And the space you're describing in some shade of green or in some shade of pink, I think anybody can be happy in that space. Yeah, it's true. And I do think with social media, people get more caught up in trends now because let's face it, we see yeah. all kinds of beautiful pictures on Instagram and Pinterest. But it is funny because certain there's a certain style that I see and everybody's repeating it. And to me, then it's like not so special and it's not so nice anymore. So you have to be really careful of trends in that way too, because do you really want to be exactly like everybody else? You know, you are not exactly like other people. You are different and it's about embracing you and showing it off in your home. And that's what I call a home that is supportive when it is showing off your personality, telling your story. You will truly like being in that home, not waiting for your next vacation. I can promise you that. I know you really want to ask a designer questions. I know you really would love that professional opinion, what to do. I know nothing goes off in your brain when you think about that, except the words expensive, intimidating. I won't have a choice. I'm here to tell you none of my services make you feel that way. But my newest service is probably the easiest and most affordable way to quickly get some answers. It is my solutions design micro session. That's right. And we can select a topic of your choosing, whether you're struggling with space planning, palette, cohesiveness, which items to buy, what not to buy. For $249, you can book that with me very easily and we will spend one hour together and I will be your own personal design advisor for that solid hour. So link is in the show notes or check out my Instagram page or website. I hope to see you there. It's so true. And I think we've touched on this a little. So let's talk a little bit about, and I, I talk about this sometimes using pattern and whatnot, but using bold color versus using neutral in your home. So again, I think bold people get scared. But like you just said, if everything is so neutral, then it doesn't have that that mm -hmm. spark and it can become bland. So you got to like balance that. So let's talk a little bit about the balance of either the calm and the energy or the bold versus the neutral, however we want to, you know, refer to it. Yeah, it's uh, just like you're saying, understand your space is the purpose of that space. And what is that space asking? Do you want to be stimulated in this place or do you want to be? take a break in the space and calm down. And uh, people have this impression about me that I'm color crazy, so it's all going to be crazy color. But I live with white in my house too, because you need a palette cleanse, but then you need to be stimulated. Yeah. And it's just like understanding color is like, because color is emotion. Yeah. We don't live in one state of emotion all day long. Forget about every day, even one day, we change our emotions you might be very excited for a few moments and then you're okay. Then you could be down. Then you pick yourself up. Right. So color is like that. So room to room, you want that kind of wave going on. That's natural. 
Yeah, I think people get so caught up in like, it's all going to look the same. And I was even seeing recently in like a Facebook group of a lot of people who feel like when they move in, they should paint the room all the same color, all the rooms, all the same color. And it's like, you got to be really careful of that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a different philosophy for that. <laughs> people get so afraid that, that, I don't know, rooms shouldn't be different from another. It's okay. I always yeah. say there's like a common thread usually that will tie them together. Oh, always. Yeah. I've even gotten this one. Somebody said that my house is going to feel like a circus as every room is, is different. It right. doesn't. And it, it doesn't. really doesn't. <laughs> we can go into the details of that, but it doesn't. And you're the common thread. You become the number one thread because you're bringing things that speak to your personality and there's always going to be a connection. Always. I, I tell people there's always a common denominator and that's what brings it in. And the common denominator is your natural gravitation right? Like some people love blues. A lot of people do. So there's going to be little elements of blue. I have a lot of clients like that. Some people love neutrals with black and white graphic, you know, and some people love a lot of just fun color and pattern. I always think too, when it comes to bold versus neutral, if you're afraid of it, there's two things you can do. I feel like the bones of the room, you could make neutral, like you could have Mm -hmm. a neutral sofa, neutral walls, and then you can pop fun pillows and accessories and maybe a light fixture that's fun or something like that and take it in smaller doses or take a smaller room and do something really fun and bold and see how it turns out like a powder room or a laundry room or a mud room, you know, and like kind of play around with it there. And I, I think people will be surprised at how much they love it when they actually dare to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's way, way too big. And I would encourage everyone, if you have that fear, start small and slowly And color is one of those things like, you know, when you first bought your first pair of shoe that was $50 and it felt like, oh, a lot. But then you got like, okay, I can spend $50. Next time you buy $75, $100. Now you're buying $500 shoes all the time. Right. But you slowly increase that. That's how color would be the same way. Slowly one painting. I want more. I want more. And it's it's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's almost like about exposing yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So. I I just brought this up a little bit, but, and you brought it up too. The people who think, let's say they're moving into a new house or they're redoing and they say, okay, I'm going to paint all the rooms the same color or have everything the same color. And this happens, I think you and I even talked briefly about it, can happen in builder homes as well. And Mm -hmm. let's talk about why that isn't a good thing necessarily. Okay. So in color psychology and design psychology, the philosophy is that if you break down the house, we have all of these rooms in the house. Mm -hmm. We have the bedrooms and the living room and the family room and formal dining and breakfast. There is a purpose because they serve different purpose. They're different functions. And that's why we have separated them. And then there's the debate of the open plan. Some people don't agree for it. But again, there's still some sort of difference between a kitchen and an open concept also. So When we have different purposes, you want to decorate or color them differently because the purpose is different and the color is going to support that purpose. So that's the main thing why my philosophy is like different colors. And then we just talked about how it is going to connect. Eventually, it's not going to feel distinct. It's not going to feel like it's part of somebody else's home or it's going to feel like it's a circus. That actually doesn't happen. Yeah, that's such a smart way to look at it. And I do think if you have an open floor plan, so for example, when you walk into my house, my entry hall opens up into my kitchen area. So my entry hall up the hallway and through the kitchen are the same color, but my dining room, family room, 
office, living room are different colors than that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, open floor plan is one thing, but I think you bring up such a good point. And it's like we talked about in the beginning, some rooms need to be restful, some need to be, you know, productive. And so you have to take the function into the account as well. That's how you're going to feel supported in your room, in your house. So if the open concept is bothering someone, one thing we do is we keep the same palette. So the same colors are going to be used, but you change how much color is being used. Like, so you have a kitchen flowing into a living room. Yep. So the kitchen is more white and has some accents of green and other colors that are also in the living room, but the living room has more green and less white. Right. So that connection stays, they flow like smoothly, but they still have a different personality. Right. Like I'll even say, take a color and then use the shades, the higher and the lower shades of it Mm -hmm. as you walk through. The other danger I find with same color, and I especially where that gray trend was so big for so long, and it's still here, but I had clients where they're like, okay, I want the walls gray, the sofa gray, and the rug gray. And I'm like, Look, <laughs> the room is more gray <laughs> when you have every piece. It's it's again, it's about balance, right? Yeah. And having and bringing in some tech. And it's like if you want it all neutral, that's fine. But we got to bring in some texture, or maybe cream would offset that if you don't want an actual color. I mean, the one thing about gray that was beautiful was I said to people, it goes with every color. Like if you want your accent <laughs> to be navy or orange or magenta or what, you can pop color. But I had people, they were like, gray, and I'm like, no, this has to break up because your eye hits that gray blob of a room. And then it's bland and ugly, to be honest. It is, yeah. And then again, it's so unnatural. You're living in one state of emotion and that gray state of emotion, which if you look in nature, how do you feel on a gray day? Terrible. That's exactly how you're going to feel in a gray room. And just imagine a gray house. Then good luck getting anything done (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. My family room is a soft gray, but I have a lot of... Is it a gray or the undertone is a gray? People confuse that also, right? So there's the gray, which is the black and white gray. Yeah. But then there is like a blue, which is has an undertone, like a muted blue, which is an undertone of gray or a green. So that's also a big difference. Huge. And but what I was going to say was, even though it's gray, I have a lot of molding in that room. So there's a lot of white that's popping. And I have a lot of other white accents and then I have artwork and then I pulled some colors from the artwork and like a blush tone into some other. So it's, again, you've got to give it some flavor, (laughs) you know, it can't just be all. And that that really goes for, I guess, any color that you're going to do, you need to break it up. But I think, especially when you get neutrals, like there was a time also where it wasn't gray, it was beige and everything was beige. So you've got to be really careful of that too. It was the same problem. Yeah. It was the same yeah. problem with the beige rooms. And then and then gray just sort of took on the whole the whole problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see gray going anywhere because the depersonalization and lack of personality, especially when buying and selling things happen, it's staying. But when you have your home and you want to personalize it, then that's when you should avoid it. Okay. Yeah. As the, as the main color in your space. Okay. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was we brought it up briefly a little bit ago. People really hash over how, how are my rooms going to be all connected if I like all these different things in different rooms or if I do a different color in different rooms. What is your response to that? So like I was just saying, you are that connection thread. 
And because it's the things that you like, even they look different and the color palette is completely different. That was always connected. And that's my personal experience. Also, I've never had difficulty with that. But when you're really like, okay, still not satisfied, doubtful. So you can pick like you just mentioned, you know, some people like black and white or some sort of color and repeat that color in every room Mm -hmm. for it could be black. So you could have a black and white rug in the living room, Mm -hmm. but then you one black lampshade in a different room. Mm -hmm. And in the third room, you could just have an accent chair with a black frame. So that one element Mm -hmm. just helps because the human eye can find that element. That's a connecting thread. And it's amazing. Like what it can do. It doesn't have to be the same. All the rooms, the same color the whole house the same color and then there are always little things like your doorknobs are always going to match usually the flooring always matches you're not going to have 10 different types of flooring on on your first floor of the house usually it's hardwood floors and then the secondary the bedrooms can have all carpeting so that's always kind of the same you put a rug that's different yeah but there are those elements that usually match i love doing a different ceiling so I'm not going to put on that one that your ceiling matches. It, that's a great opportunity. But otherwise, those small things. Work. Yeah, I was going to say when we were talking about like, you know, if you're afraid to use a bold color or try it, it's great if you have, you know, and I've done this in somebody's dining room where it was pretty classic, but then we just like, let's pop a Kelly green on the ceiling or let's, or, you know, there's so much that you can do on ceilings. Uh-huh. And people should keep that in mind because it really brings such character to a space also, doesn't it? It does. Such a conversation starter. I I love painting ceilings and wallpapering also. Yeah, wallpapering ceilings is a really fun thing to do. So the big thing we're going to talk about is because everybody seems to love blue and you have some really great takes on the popular color blue. I love, there's a thing that you say, it's your quote is blue is like a pair of denim jeans to people. And I think, yeah. I think that is so accurate and, and on. And I think, I mean, that's maybe why it feels so comfortable too. And it's such a go-to, um, mm-hmm. but you also talk about using dark versus light, just like sometimes we wear dark denim and sometimes we wear a light denim. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the color blue because it's a, it's popular. Let's face it. It is. It is. It is. It's kind of an entry into the world of color for people when they're like, okay, I want to move away from the grays and the beiges and the white, but what color do I do? So it's like going blue. So as an interior designer, I kind of try to stay away from it because the layman can create a blue room because also there's a lot of product available in the market. And if you pick up any brand on the market retail wise, they all first introduce blue fabric, like probably a velvet in a sofa. And that's yeah. what people were buying. And when people got used to it, they have some have brought other colors, others have not. But blue was that entry into color. And that's where I think it became that blue jeans and people are comfortable. Yeah. So they are able to add that one color, which which is great. That's a good starting point. And then, you know, somebody can help you, a designer can help you bring in the third and the fourth color. That is also key because that's what differentiates a space, DIY space mm-hmm. from a designer space, the third and the fourth color. Yeah. You know, what's nice about blue too, like a navy blue, you could pop jewel. Let's say you had a navy blue room, like we were talking about, like a study or something or a navy blue velvet sofa. You could pop like bright fuchsia pillows on Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous or Kelly green is great or orange and navy are great. So I encourage people 
like Manos just said, it's it's kind of like the entry color. But once you maybe have that color as some of your ground, play with it a little. Yeah, and on the bigger pieces like the the blue sofa where you just said, let's say like a five thousand dollar purchase. So that's you're going to be comfortable, and then other you can bring those bright colors through, like you said, pillow or art or art or you know accessories on the coffee table or the bookcases but what's nice about navy is when you pop some of those colors against it it's such a cool look when you think about kelly green and navy or orange and navy or bright fuchsia and navy i mean there's so many possibilities that play with it a little bit you know buy some even if it's just some inexpensive throw pillows off etsy to start and kind of throw them on and kind of get Again, it's like what we talked about earlier, which is exposure. Expose yourself to it in a gradual, smaller step. And I, I think people will be so sh- really, truly shocked how much they like it. Because they seem, I, I think people feel so confined and unable mm-hmm. and just, I'm going to hate it or make a mistake. And if you just try it, you'd be really surprised, yeah. right? I blame the influencer trend to this. Because, you know, and I've spoken about this in a couple of articles that I was, that were published recently, was the sense of community. If my favorite influencer has this thing and mm-hmm. I have it, a sense of connection, which human beings are always striving for. That is true. But you want to remember that when an influencer is promoting a product, they earn through affiliate marketing and they promote a product that not only two people are going to like, but thousands of people can purchase. So yes. that's like not at all personalized. And that's how they earn. But when you bring the product, yes, you have the connection, but then your home is like everybody else on the street. So, you know, just start slowly. Like Julia said, those small pillows and find your taste. Mm -hmm. And it's so satisfying and fulfilling. It really is. And that's such a good point that you bring up because we all want to belong, right? And it's like, Especially too, if you're somebody who feels like so frustrated or there's too many things out there, you see one influence and you're like, okay, I'm just going to do that. Cause it also just makes it easy. But that goes back <laughs> to us talking about being intentional, be intentional for you. Like there's an influencer that's pretty popular that I see. And honestly, the decor taste, a million and one people who follow this person love it. And I'm like, I just would never, sorry. Jill, let's go deeper into that. There is a lack of exposure. The problem is, now you and I as a designer know this, we have seen the work of bigger designers, and I'll name a couple, like Bunny Williams mm-hmm. and uh, Alexa Hampton. Mm-hmm. Their work is never like these influencer. And I'm talking, so there's the designer designer. Yes. And there's the influencer designer. Mm-hmm. And the influencer designer is obviously earning through affiliate marketing, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, when they create blog posts or product awareness, they use SEO and Google search and everything to show at the top. These designers are not working on those. So when somebody puts in a search term, the designer industry doesn't come up. It's this that comes up and they're only exposed to this kind of stuff. That is why I probably might even thinking in my head who you're talking about that million uh, follower. That's what they keep seeing. So they only have that awareness. And then so many times I have clients that have to give them design books to see like what the other world is. I literally, like before I come up with the ideas and you're like, this woman is crazy, but that's the kind of work I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to put my hundred percent interest into it and expose them to a new world. And they're just shocked. Like we never even knew about this kind of design possible. Well, it's like when we talk about trends, I liken it. So, you know, you could see what's the new trend in fashion, right? Things come up. And I've always been like, if a trend comes up, that I look at in fashion and I'll say, 
that would just really look bad on me. Okay. Like there's certain cut and, and you just know your body shape. And if it look, if it's going to look bad on me, I don't take the trend because that's mm-hmm. not what looks good on me or right. if I don't like it, or, you know, if you like it, you take a piece of it and you have to do that with your own home. So this will be controversial because there's a, the huge trend of coastal grandma. I can't stand it. Sorry. That's not my personality either. And again, like you and I are not about trends, mm-hmm. about timeless design means your personality. Now, with fashion also, you can change your outfit 10 times a day. You can change the wall paint in 10 years, maybe. It's not easy to change it as often. Yes, painting might be the easiest thing, but still it takes people at least five to seven years to change the paint. Right. So you can experiment a little bit more there Yeah. as compared to in your home. But just like with fashion, if you ask yourself, would this look good on me? Same thing for your home. Would this look good on me for my home, right? And if it wouldn't, if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel comfortable, if it doesn't feel like you, then don't don't do it. You know, that's whatever. Yeah, that's my following trends blindly. Yeah, yeah you got to be careful with that. You have been just giving us such great information. So you've already given so much. But if there's any last tips or advice for the audience, I would love to close the show with some of your last tips. And then let's let everybody know where to find you, social media websites, any programs you have, and we'll put all the links to any services or anything you have in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody's still wondering, like, how do I know what color is relaxing? What color is the right color for the bedroom or the office? Obviously, there are pros out there and some things should be left to the professionals. But look in nature. Nature always gives us the best advice, has everything set out for you. So look in nature for those hints, like where you should be using what color. Going back to that gray, when it's all gray outside on a gray room, how do you feel? That's how you'll feel inside a gray room. That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. So that always works. And you can find me anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, my website. It's all color conscious living. Okay. So it's color conscious living on all the platforms. Okay. Yeah, we'll put the links in the show notes. You've been a pleasure. You're a wealth of information. So I encourage the audience to follow her. Menez has great reels and, and things on Instagram and really valuable information to help you. So I was really glad to meet up with you through Instagram and have this chat. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. If you like what you're hearing on Welcome Home to the Suburbs, I would be so appreciative if you would support the show. The best way to support the show is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I would be so appreciative, and I hope you will leave us a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.